0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Engage 8 Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my two co-hosts, Josh and Mike. Today, we're going to be recapping Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, some college football, and then go into the preview of Week 10. You want to get us started with some Sunday Night, Josh?
1: Absolutely, I do. Sunday Night Football, we skipped it on the last pod. We wanted to wait for Zach to get back to talk about it. The Bengals beat the Bills in Cincinnati in the DeMar Hamlin revenge game that he did not play in. Uh, And the Bengals are just fully back, man. They've won their fourth game in a row. Now we'll talk about them a little later when we get to their next game. But go and they beat a good Bills team on the road. Uh, Dalton Kincaid for the Bills did have his little outbreak game. Um, He's got 10 catches for 81 yards and did not end up scoring, but played very, very well. And he's finally a weapon that we've been waiting to see them use. And they did. The problem, though, for the Bills is they are now in some serious trouble, sitting at five and four. If the playoffs were to start today, they would not be in it, and their upcoming schedule is pretty atrocious. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but um, we talked about it a little bit last week, I think, Blub. But uh, next two games, Broncos and Jets, and then they got Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys coming off that. So they got a tough schedule coming up. They're going to have to win some games against good teams, and if they don't, then – we're not going to see the Bills in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, you just said it. They got Broncos next week. We'll get into that later. It's a really good uh, chance at a get-right game. But the Bills, they, they just didn't get a run game going. They only had eight total carries uh, by running backs and 16 overall, if you include Josh Allen. Josh Allen, it felt like he didn't really take care of the ball as well as he could have. He didn't really rely on his checkdowns. He felt like he forced it downfield a little too much. But like, like you mentioned, Josh, Kincaid, He is truly the real deal. He's a phenomenal tight end. He's been a very good option in the short and intermediate game for Josh Allen, especially on the sidelines. Diggs, obviously, just doing what he does. He didn't have, like, a crazy day, but he definitely played well. But on the Bengals' side of things, I don't don't know if you mentioned it or on the last pod or if you just did before, but the entire AFC North would be in the playoffs if the season, like, ended today. That's just absurd. And I'm all here for it, especially with the 17 playoff uh, format. But Burrow, he, he was once again really solid. He's really just showing that, yeah, he's just a slow starter. Last year, this year, he's been phenomenal. Jamar Chase wasn't really that active this game. He started out with, like, two catches for negative two yards, both on, like, behind the line of scrimmage passes. But T. Higgins showed up today. This was his first, like, breakout performance of the year, eight catches for 110 yards. But they also had two touchdowns to tight ends, and I believe it was their first time throwing touchdowns to a tight end at all this season, which was really impressive. They didn't have to do much on the ground because Burrow was so just cervical through the air. But Bengals, they got a much needed win. But Buffalo, you really needed this win, especially with Miami being only like half a game ahead of you. Now you're a game behind them when you had a chance to really just take over the division and just have a playoff spot at this time.
2: Yeah, the Bengals continue to kind of just own the Bills. The Bengals never trailed in this game. Joe Burrow's found his groove. This offense has kind of found their groove. They didn't really have it in the second half as much. They only scored seven points, but they still dominated. Burroughs looked great in the pocket. He's been able to extend plays, make some throws. Jamar Chase, like you said, Zach, he didn't have the great game, but he did pick up a back injury that seems that it might pull him out a game or two the way he kind of described it. So that's something to monitor. T. Higgins had the big game, but for the Bills, you guys said it. They're in a rough spot now, five and four, only one game over 500, currently not in the playoffs. They continue to struggle with the turnovers. Kincaid, he had a great game, but he had that fumble that was kind of just unlucky, where he was basically just upside down and uh, just really unfortunate. And their run game, like you said, Zach, just really isn't there. It's been this team's biggest problem for the last couple years. And, again, Josh Allen is their leading rusher. Uh, He did have a rushing touchdown today. He's up to 44 rushing touchdowns in his career, which is – second most all time by our quarterback but the bills really just need to find ways to win these tough games and you said it Zach or Josh their schedule's not getting any easier um so they just got to find ways to win these
1: yep Uh moving on here to Monday Night Football the Chargers yeah the Chargers beating the Jets 27 to 6 um this game had to be pretty frustrating as a Jets fan and especially a member of the Jets defense their defense played pretty well throughout uh all of the Chargers touchdowns came off Jets' mistakes on offense for the most part. The first one was a punt return touchdown they had. Their next touchdown score was off of a Jets fumble that gave them a short field. Then they didn't score for the rest of the half outside of a field goal from there. And then in the second half, just once again, the they the Jets defense was playing good. The Chargers had the field goal, but then they fumble, give the, Jet, or the Chargers short field. They score, make it 27-6, and the game was pretty much over at that point. So once again, the Jets just letting the Jets offense just letting themselves down, and their defense having to work so hard. Zach Wilson ends up finishing with two hundred and sixty-three yards, gets sacked eight times, which is something that we've seen uh, from this Chargers defense from time to time. Uh, they beat up on battle lines. They took care of Zach Wilson today. They took uh, care of Aiden O'Connell a few weeks ago. Uh, when that defense defensive line is playing so well. They just need that Chargers offense, which has the names on it. They have the talent. They just need that offense to come through. They don't always do that. They did enough tonight, and they got the win against the Jets.
0: Yeah, this was a win that the Chargers, they got to be glad that they got. The Jets, they've been a tough team to play for multiple reasons, mainly that defense, especially that nice duo of corners between Sauce Gardner and D.J. Reed. But Justin Herbert, he didn't make any mistakes. He didn't have the flashiest game. He didn't throw for over 300 or 400 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. They were forcing – uh. Uh, Herbert to go to other guys, but the Chargers just got momentum early with that punt return. Their defense did their job right away, and the Jets could never really recover. Their offense couldn't move the ball. Like you mentioned, Josh, they got sacked a ton. Khalil I believe, had two. Bosa had two and a half. So you finally see those big names kind of performing for the Chargers. But if the defense can play like this against middle of the pack to awful offensive lines, and then their offense can play miles better than what they did last night what they've done before in this season, then they could be a pretty dangerous team come playoffs, but they got to start stringing wins together, especially keeping up with the entirety of the AFC North.
2: Yeah, their defense was very impressive. Uh, Ricky Tui, Tui Pelo, also had two sacks, so they really just dominate on the defensive side of the ball. They're back to five they They're back in the wild card race, which is big. Um, Darius Davis, like you said, Zach, great punt return touchdown. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't have the best game, but this Jets defense is just really impressive. They held him oh. to only 136 passing yards, and the Chargers also only had 84 rushing yards. So this Jets defense really did all they could. Their corners were just locked down all night. Keenan Allen did pick up his ten thousand three receiving yard in his eight-catch, 77-yard performance. So shout out to him. And I don't know if you guys saw the uh, post-game interview we had where he was just wearing a T-shirt, and you could see his shoulder popped out. I did I not see saw that. Picture. Yeah, I didn't that see was, that at um, all. No, that was from like eight years ago, though, where he had a grade three AC joint sprain. Uh, okay. the same injury that Anthony Richardson had. So if he didn't have surgery, that's what I guess it would have looked like. So very interesting. It was really weird just seeing the big ball there. But Jets, three turnovers. Uh, two fun- all, all were fumbles. Two fumbles were Zach Wilson. One of them was Garrett Wilson. Can't turn the ball over. And Zach Wilson in this offense was just abysmal. They couldn't really help their defense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, after the game, was talking to Derwin James and uh, said, uh, we'll see in a few weeks about returning. So that's just something interesting. I still don't see that as a possibility, but you never know. Uh, big win for the Chargers. They're they're back in the wild card race.
1: All right. You want to move on to some college football here then?
2: Yeah. A um, couple big games, a couple quick games I'll talk about. Arizona knocks off UCLA. We've talked about Arizona a lot. I just wanted to mention them again. Noah Fafita. 300 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick continues to be great. And then sadly, we talked about them last week. Air Force, they were knocked off. They're no longer undefeated. They lost to their partner-slash-rival Army 23-3. to uh, They really just dominated all game. So sad to see them lose that undefeated season. But some of the big games this week, Notre Dame at Clemson. Clemson gets the big win that they've kind of needed this year against number 15 Notre Dame. Sam Hartman. Really poor of passing the ball. Just wasn't there. 146 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. The running game was solid, I guess. Audrick estimated 87 yards and a touchdown. Sam Hartman had 68 yards and had a long touchdown run as well. But Clemson, they just ran the ball on Notre Dame. 36 carries, 186 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, Cade Klubnick only had 109 yards in the air. So Clemson just ran it over him. And Jeremiah Trotter on Clemson's defense, he dominated the game two sacks, tackle for loss, uh, pick six, just a big game for him. Uh, he'll be – that was just a big game for him. Yeah, Davo
1: said after the game, buy your Clemson stock now. Uh, you you were in the national championship for the greater part of the back end of the 2010s. I think everybody had your stock already. Teams have bad years. But I'm sure they'll get it together. Uh, Davo, as much as he is hated and he's annoying and nobody really likes him, he is still one of the best coaches in college football, and it cannot be underestimated what he did for the Clemson program as whole. Well.
2: Yeah, um, hopefully they find a way for them to get it back on track next year. Next game here, a really fun game, a big game, the final bedlam. Oklahoma State knocks off Oklahoma. Uh, final time we'll see it because of conference realignment. Maybe we see it in the future, who knows. But a few weeks ago, Oklahoma State, they really just – didn't look alive. They had lost to South Alabama, Iowa State back to back, and now they're they've really found their groove. They're five and one in conference play now. They're looking to go to the Big Twelve Championship. Oklahoma falls to four and two in conference play and is now basically eliminated from the college football playoffs. Mike Gundy, big win for him. He's really been kind of owned by Oklahoma. He's three and fifteen against them in his career. Uh he gets the big win and shout out to Oklahoma State.
1: Yeah, it sucks we're not going to be able to see that game anymore. I feel like you can schedule that pretty easily, just have it be during rivalry week. Uh, Like a lot of teams that are – like Kentucky, Louisville, they're going to play every single year. They're not in the same conference. So I don't really understand why we're doing the last one here. Maybe I missed something, but hopefully we get to see that game again and have it be a night game and do it the right way. But good win for Oklahoma State. Uh, I know Oklahoma has a lot of fraud tendencies that people are saying, and – uh. They kind of showed it, and opening the window for Texas because Texas looked good.
2: Yeah, for a while. while, for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the way Mike Gundy stated it, he said that it's kind of in the best interest for both of these teams to not schedule each other because Oklahoma has to go play in the SEC, and I don't know how it doesn't benefit Oklahoma State, but that's the way he kind of made it sound. So, I guess that's that. We, we'll, we just we just got the rankings too. Just came in. Yeah, well, same time. Good timing. Uh, we'll talk about Texas now. Kansas State at Texas. Texas looked great early. They went up 27-7 to halfway through the third quarter. But Kansas State just found their groove in that third quarter and just took over the game. 20 straight points. They missed the extra point to make it 21 and take the lead, which really hurt them. Uh, Texas hit a field goal to go back up by three. Kansas State came down to kick the field goal again to tie it, shanked it. They had all three timeouts. They were able to get the ball back, and then they ended up hitting the field goal to force overtime. They held Texas to a field goal on their possession. Texas offense just completely lost everything they had going. Kansas State gets the ball. They got to, like, the two-yard line. I don't know why they really went for it on fourth down considering all the momentum was in their hands, but they decided to. They didn't get it, and Texas hangs on. Just a big win for them. Um, they keep their playoff hopes alive they're still missing Quinn Ewers so they need to get him back Malik Murphy he played great early but just completely lost it late
1: yeah I mean he showed flashes uh it kind of sucks to be Malik Murphy in his current position you have to come in and try to save this team and no matter what you do he could go be the best player in college football for the next few weeks and there is no chance in hell he's playing over the the guy with the last name of Manning next season so he's kind of just playing to be in a uh, look at me spot prove himself maybe end up at a school like Alabama or something uh and get to get your revenge on Texas but this is going to be Arch Manning's team no matter what next season so it kind of sucks to be him he might be in the worst position uh in college sports right now but Texas sitting at number seven now uh they're on the they're on the door knocking in they're gonna need some help though
2: they are going to need some help, and they're going to have to start proving that they are a team worthy of making the playoffs. Uh, Will Howard, shout out to him. He played incredible things with 27 yards, four touchdowns. Just couldn't get that last play into the end zone. And then we'll now we'll talk about uh, maybe my favorite game of the week, LSU at Alabama. Jalen Milroe the first Bama quarterback to rush for four touchdowns in a single game, 155 total yards on the ground. He added 219 yards passing, and we've been saying it all year, but don't count Alabama because now they're really knocking on the door and they're a scary team to play at this point. Uh, Jaden Downs for LSU he played incredible as well. Two hundred nineteen yards passing, two touchdowns, one hundred and sixty-three yards on the ground, and another rushing touchdown. But he sadly was knocked out in the fourth quarter to a concussion on a just massive hit. He came back in for a play but was taken out right away. Malik Nabors, wide receiver for LSU, continues to have an incredible season. Ten catches, one hundred seventy-one yards, and a touchdown. Just an offensive showdown, which isn't something you usually see from teams, these two teams, but over a 1,000 total yards of offense, 49 first downs, and just was a fun game.
1: Yeah, two, I mean, a couple things here. One, we got to see a a duel of two of the best dual threat quarterbacks in college football right now, and and of recent memory with Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, I've been saying it all season. I just love him. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in college football right now, but he multiple times a game just gets absolutely smacked the way he runs. And he's not a big dude. He's he's not skinny, but he's not a big dude. And he just gets drilled and just somehow just keeps coming back. I feel like every game you watch of LSU, he ends up in the blue tent. Sadly, this one was for longer than just a couple plays. Uh, but, yeah, they both played great. Milro played fantastic. If he was in the Heisman race, I would say this is his Heisman moment. And the difference between Alabama and Texas right now, because they're both teams with one loss uh, that are desperately trying to get in. The problem with Texas is they needed Oklahoma to keep winning games and keep themselves in the hunt, so that they could just win that game against Oklahoma and get themselves in. Alabama, on the other hand, they have Georgia in there It's sitting at two right now. It's still we still have the same top. F- what is it six? What was Texas seven going into this week? Yes. I think
2: okay, so we met. I think might, Alabama I think, was eight.
1: So I think we have the same top eight then. Ole Miss was not nine. I don't think so um yeah whatever Alabama has that path they they went out and they beat Georgia and they're in not a lot of teams on the outside looking in right now have true control your destiny situations outside of Alabama and Oregon uh those are the two teams that and even Oregon is like you everything stays the same every other team wins every game I mean we still have the Ohio State Michigan game which is going to be fantastic with all the implications and everything going on but that that game, the Big 12 or the Pac 12 Championship and the SEC Championship are going to be the three games that define this college football season and who we see in the end. Um, as long as none of these top eight teams drop a mysterious game, but one of them will, one of them will,
2: yeah. You never know. And I looked at uh, Alabama's schedule for the rest of the year, and they're going to go into that Georgia with pretty much a cakewalk. They got oh, whoa, whoa, I was about to they say got they Kentucky. got a big game this week, they got Kentucky, but. Kentucky's all right. Chattanooga, that should be an easy win for them. And then Auburn, which is always a tough game. Is it at Auburn? I don't know. But that game, the Iron Bowl, is always a big game. Yeah. It always is played close. Um, that Yeah, those
1: three games, though, man, are going to be something special. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I would love to see this be a team that Nick Saban goes and wins it all with. This might be... The team that if he goes and wins it all with, this is going to be the one we look at in his career and be like, okay, he was the best to ever to do it. This team was dead in the water after losing to Texas. People were saying, is this one of the worst teams under Nick Saban? And then he comes out and
2: defies all odds. And they can beat Georgia. They can 100% beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. And they had benched Milrow after the Texas game and yep. totally come out of that benching a different quarterback. Mm -hmm. He looked incredible. The game is at Auburn, so that makes it even a little more interesting. But Auburn hasn't really impressed me yet this year. Yep. So, final game, Washington at USC. Another big Pac-12 game. Another game where USC just gets – they score a lot, but the other team scores more. Two Heisman candidates playing. Michael Penix, he played well, 256 yards and two touchdowns. But the real story of the game was Washington running back Dylan Johnson. He just ran all over the Trojans' defense for 256 yards and four touchdowns. Caleb Williams, he played great. 312 yards, three touchdowns, added a rushing touchdown. But USC's defense is just terrible. Washington's defense isn't great. USC fired their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch. Uh, It's a little too late to do that, but that's all right. And I saw a couple bowl mocks uh, today. And USC's Bullmark really got me intrigued. It was USC uh-huh. and Iowa. Oh, Iowa. Oh my that God. That would be a stoppable force versus a movable option. That's what
1: me and me and my roommate were saying literally that same thing this weekend about how when that because they're about to be in the same conference. That those games are gonna and when oh, they go yeah. and play like like Northwestern, bro, those
2: games are gonna be insane to watch. Iowa's offense versus USC's defense would be absolute must see TV. Could you imagine if Iowa's offense was just electric? <laughs> <laughs> just, like, it chucking it downfield. If, if you put those two together on a team, right, do you oh. think they could win, like, the Missouri Valley Conference? What do you mean? Like, just, like, win the conference. If and they, if Iowa's they had... offense and USC's defense would Oh team. Oh, I thought you were saying the other way around. I was like, yeah, I think they would win a lot of conferences. Um, Maybe. Winning a mid-major conference. I
1: don't know. Maybe. I don't know, man. Iowa's offense is just so bad in USC's defenses. I think Iowa's offense is worse than USC's defense, though. You think so? I think so. Iowa's offense is...
2: I saw a stat today. I don't have the stat. I I was looking for the stat all day. I couldn't find it, but it was like the past two years Iowa's defense has given up like 256 points in these last, like, Seven games or six games, USC's defense has given up the exact same amount, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that is, that is insane.
1: I, I mean, Iowa stuff like that is what makes college football so fun, though.
2: That, yeah. would, oh, that bowl game would be great, but we're going to get it regardless. Yeah. Um, a Washington win next week for them now would clinch the spot in the Pac 12 championship. And next week, USC continues their tough schedule. They have to go against what I think is the hottest team in college football at the moment, even. Better than Alabama, all of them. Oregon, they have looked like just a completely different team, and I don't see USC getting close in that game at this point.
1: No, absolutely not. Oregon's defense is really, really good. Uh, they're going to be able to limit uh, Crybaby, I mean Caleb Williams, to a not insane game, and then their offense is any offense that's above average is going to torch that USC defense. So I, I mean, I expect to blow out. Do we have a line in that game? Let me see. I'm going to guess 13 and a half for Oregon. Where's it at? Is it in USC or Oregon?
2: It's at Oregon. It's okay, Virginia. I'm I'm going
1: to say 13 and a half. Let's see. Do we have any guesses?
2: Oh, it's oh, guess? Yeah, I'm going to say around 10 and a half.
1: Dude, this game is nowhere. Is it a night game?
2: It's a 930 game, yeah.
1: Let's see. Come on.
2: Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there.
1: Okay, 15 and a
2: half, 15 and a half. Yeah. Last week, Oregon, 63 to 19 win last time we saw them against Cal. So,
1: yeah, dominant, dominant, dominant team. I honestly think I still believe they're better than Washington. I still do. I do as well. I mean, their defense is like actually good. That's a problem with a lot of these really good teams. I mean, a lot of these Pac-12 teams, at least, is their offenses are just so good and their defenses are the questionable part. And that's just not the case for Oregon. If that game's played at home for Oregon, they win. 100% they win. And they're going to have a chance to play themselves in. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I don't want to ramble on too much about this. But, like, if they win and they beat Washington, all the other teams, as long as Georgia wins theirs... No, actually, no, it's not true because we still got to see Ohio State-Michigan.
2: Yeah, and we'll speak on the college football playoff here real quick. Like you said, I think – I don't know if it's the same top eight or not because Oklahoma's down to 17 after their loss. I don't know if they were in the top eight. I feel like they were probably at seven. I thought you said Texas was seven. They might have been eight and Bama was nine. Yeah, they might have both moved up one. Regardless, though, it's the main core up there. Yeah, Louisville is up to 11. Jeff Brown continues to win. Uh, His Purdue team seems to be chasing, I'm not going to touch on them, but cheating allegations from Purdue, Ohio State, more allegations with the cheating scandal in the Big Ten. That saga continues, sadly. It'll be interesting to see it play out in three years. Yeah. So, are you guys ready for some Week 10 preview?
1: (laughs) Yep, let's get started here. All right. Zach, you want to start us off here? There's an (sighs) F.O.A.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. So, Thursday night football, roughly 49. You want to go by as quickly?
1: Buys as quickly? Oh,
0: yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Good call.
1: Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, and Rams are all on by this week. So, three really good teams in the Rams.
0: Depending on what you think of the Rams. They, they've been overachieving this year. But, anyways, Panthers-Bears, Thursday night football, roughly 49 hours from now. Uh, Bears, they have to win this game if they want to keep their season somewhat alive. And if they win, they just help out their draft pick that they get from Carolina. Those are really the only storylines worthy of talking about for this game, except for maybe Justin Fields coming back and what he did with DJ Moore last time they played on Thursday Night Football. Uh, They will be rocking the orange uh, jerseys and the orange helmets, which they have not won a game in. So (laughs) a lot 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 of things at stake. But for the Panthers, this is definitely a game to get Bryce Young going if they want to string together some wins. The Bears have very little pass rush, even with the addition of Montez Sweat. He did make a couple nice plays off the edge last week, but Panthers, their quarterback, Bryce Young's used to getting the ball out quick. He made a couple mistake throws last week, and the Colts made him pay, but I don't think that the the Bears pass rush will get enough in on the interior to really affect him as well as the Colts did. So I don't – I don't – I have no idea what to expect this game. It could be like a 35-31 game, but it could also turn into like an ugly 12-7 game like Bears-Commanders last season. Uh, I personally think the Bears are going to win. I'm taking them this week. I think home field advantage will play a slight factor. Uh, If Fields comes back, I think they win by a touchdown or so. But if he doesn't, maybe Bajan just kind of dices up the Panthers' defense. But I'm making this gamble based on assuming Fields will play. So I, I got Chicago.
1: You know, a couple weeks ago, C.J. Stroud didn't dice up this defense. Very true. Have a tough time believing Bajan's going to just go in there and dominate them.
0: But I don't think he will.
1: But it, What's the scoop on that? We get Fields or what?
0: I don't know. The I think the last two days, Fields was limited in practice, like yesterday and today. I think yesterday was a walkthrough. Today was maybe another walkthrough or an actual practice. But he was limited in both. But – I think as of like an hour or two ago, one of his close friends are like photographer or something. Simeon Kelly put on their, uh, IG story saying like, he's ready. So it might be up to the staff and like the, the trainers and stuff to give the final. Okay. But I'm expecting him to play.
1: I was expecting him to play too. Um, but I mean, who knows at this point,
0: I've noticed, uh,
1: as you can see our records on the screen, Zach has gained some space. So I went back and I was like, what have I been doing these past couple weeks? And I I think I just saw myself and I was like, all right, I got a one game lead. Let me take some risks. Take Let's take the Panthers against the Colts for some reason. The Rams, even though there's a question mark on Matt Stafford. This is a game where a lot of me wants to be like, okay, I can pick the Panthers here and just pray we get Bayesian and I can steal one. <laughs> but I just feel like that's too big of a risk, especially with all the teams I bet on that just run their backup quarterbacks out there every week. But – yeah, I think the Bears like like we said, they need to win this game. You need to bump the Panthers down more. You need to build a win for your confidence. Bears played okay last week. Uh, the Saints probably should have won by more. They definitely should have hit that over. Unbelievable on that five hit.
0: turnovers. Yeah, Ooh. five five to zero. That's, that's what
1: that's what uh, me and Mike were saying on Sunday night. Five winning the turnover battle five to zero and winning by seven points is almost unbelievable. It's pretty hard to do. If the Bears turn turn it over five times this game, they're going to lose. But yeah. let's be honest, they're not going to do that probably against the Panthers unless we get Bayesian in there who is just going oh, go yeah. to there. Oh, yeah,
0: Burns is also not playing with the concussion. Forgot to mention that.
2: Mm. Okay, so. still taking the Bears. <laughs> yeah, uh, battle of two, just bad, really, teams. Bears are kind of in a win-win situation for the – it's a rare win-win situation in the NFL. You don't really see it often. Obviously, both whoever wins helps their draft pick. It's a DJ Moore revenge game, so that's something to watch. You get the chance to go against the team that didn't use him right and traded him with the team that he's currently on. It still doesn't use him right. Mm-hmm. So, they. I think Khalil Herbert's back this week. Zach, is that right?
0: Uh, I believe him and Equinemius St. Brown were both activated off of IR.
2: Oh, big get. Big get. Yeah, I don't
0: have to see Bayless Jones ever again. I hate this. I hate him. I really do.
2: I was really 50-50 on the game until you said Equinemius St. Brown, so I'm going to go Bears now. <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy to pick the Panthers, though. Their defense these past two weeks has looked very – it's looked a lot better than it was. Their defense, I know they lost to the Colts, but their defense played great. They really kind of shut down our offense, our run game especially, and um, the Bears, that's what they're going to have to do in this game. They're going to have to run the ball. I'm banking on the fact that they will. I think the Panthers should regress to the mean and struggle with their run game. So they've been allowing 26 – the Bears are allowing 26.9 points per game, which is third most in the NFL. It's a big game for the Panthers and Bryce Young to get this win as they don't have their picks, so they need to win games, and they're going up against another bad team. So – Big game. Bryce Young is 0-3 on the road so far, four interceptions, and only averaging 203 passing yards per game. So he's going to have to play better. Panthers are going to have to find a way to win it if, just because they have no other choice. Bears, I do think, win this game with Justin Fields back on center.
1: Shout out Shout out to the St. Brown brothers, the, the 33rd team pod. A uh, lot of love for those guys. So good to see that Equinemius is back on the field to do some damage for the Bears and just in time to play his brother and get his ass kicked in a couple weeks.
0: Uh, but, we'll see. We'll see. But moving on here, <laughs>
1: don't roll Bajan out in that game. Don't <laughs> roll him out there. Um, but, I mean, not who knows if Fields is any better in terms of passing. But All right. All that's right. neither here nor there. Um, Colt, I haven't been able to talk shit about Fields because he's been out. But now I can I can warm hey, it up.
0: In his last three games, eight touchdowns, only two interceptions. All right. The same. <laughs>
1: now I I've had I had to turn it off when he was hurt. And I was starting to get a little uh tired of, of running on the on the Bears grave because they were losing so much. But now I think I got a little bit of juice back in me. And once he sees the field again, I think the emotions will take over. But move on to another one of our teams here. Colts at Patriots. Uh this is the second of four pretty lackluster primetime games as far as the talent on the field but they are both bad teams so they're this probably will end up being a good scrappy game uh the colts defense bounced back last week uh, as we saw they had the two pick sixes uh their secondary was struggling prior to that and they figured it out last week and i think they'll probably perform well once again against mac jones and the patriots offense that has been struggling a lot it wouldn't really shock me if either one of these teams won this game if i'm being honest i think they're like I said, I I don't think they're that crazily far apart. The Colts have more talent overall, uh, but you just, you really never know in this league with some of these uh, lower level teams. Sometimes they play way better than there, and sometimes they play like the worst team in the league. So you really don't know what we're going to see. We've seen both these teams overperform at times. I just think the Colts, top to bottom, are a more talented team, and I think they should win this game, and I think they do. Hopefully, they travel early.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't agree with you more. Colts are better top to bottom. Uh, I don't have much to say about this game. Shout out, Milos. You know what that means. Um, Patriots, they got a home game, but it's really really rough. Colts, they're a better team. Uh, They have a chance to get back up to 500. It's definitely a, a chance to just put themselves back in the divisional race. Jacksonville's got a tough schedule coming up. Maybe get some L's. Colts, they've got Jonathan Taylor back. He looks like that lead back from a couple years ago. You will love to see it. Uh, unfortunately for me, Zach Moss kind of just got phased out, got rid of him in fantasy just in time, though. But if Taylor's going, this team is this team's going to run all over the Patriots, especially missing Judon. We've talked about it before. But, yeah, I've got Indy in a pretty easy win for him.
2: Yeah, last time we saw these two teams play, Jonathan Taylor ran all over the Patriots defense. We had 226 rushing yards, and we only had 49 passing yards in that game. Carson Wentz, that quarterback. We forced Mac Jones into turnovers that game, and I feel like this game is going to be very similar to that game. I don't know if you guys saw the big news that came out this morning about Bill Belichick, so I'm just going to say it now. He's apparently on the hot seat, and a loss in Deutschland could end his career with the Patriots. They could fire him after the game. That's false information from Dove Kleeman. I don't know, man. I saw saw him more places than Dove Kleeman, but – there is nothing that 12-year-old me would want more than the Colts to put Bill Belichick into retirement, and I'm really going to run with that. I I can't pick against the Colts in this game. Last week, the Patriots lost to a team that seems to be trying to lose in the Commanders. They traded away two of their best players. The only thing the Patriots really have going for them is that this game's in Europe. Bill Belichick is 3-0 and in Europe. Colts are traveling on Thursday, which is not good according to travel mechanics, but they're going to need Gardner Minshew to step up in this game. He did not play great the last few weeks, so they need him to just not turn the ball over. They need him to do just enough to open up the run game so Jonathan Taylor and this Colts team can run on him. That's really the key to the story. I think they're going to do that. Where Colts are one and all against the Mac Jones Patriots, I predict the Colts to win this one, and I predict also that Darius Leonard is going to force his first turn- turnover of the season. Zaire Franklin wasn't able to play last week. I hope he's back this week, so... That's something to watch, but I think the Colts win this game in Germany and retire. I will say
0: that Garmin Minshew, former Jaguar, he's got some experience going overseas, playing and playing over the over the pond. So I think that's definitely going to play a factor.
2: He's never played against Bill Belichick, though. So that's one thing as well. I put my life on the fact
1: that Bill Belichick doesn't get fired. I don't care if they lose 65 to zero. There's just no way with the relationship that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick have that they're just going to go out and fire him off of one really bad season, no matter how it goes. I just refuse to believe that report, and I just don't understand what the backing of it is. After all this time, you fire him after one bad season? Come on. I mean, they were bad last year, too. Yeah, but like six Super Bowls?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, given his resume, you can't fire a guy like that. You can't. I don't and think Bel- Belichick's smart. He'll know when he's done. Yeah. It's Not
2: as much Robert Kraft, though. It's a lot of Robert Kraft's son, I guess. His son, uh, him and his son were talking. They have him on the commander's game. And they just said, we're just not good enough. So they are.
1: I mean, they aren't good enough. But I, he's keeping it real. <laughs> I think it would have to be a multitude of really bad seasons for Bill Belichick to get fired. Or if he did something explicitly wrong. Otherwise, I just don't. I think he has as close as a lifetime contract as you can get in the NFL. But, all right, so we are moving on here. Let's see. Okay, Texans at Bengals. Uh, It's a big matchup for both teams. Uh, The Bengals, like we just said a little bit ago, four straight wins. They look really good. They're beating good teams as well. They beat the Bills. They beat the Niners. They beat the Seahawks. They're looking pretty good. Um, The Texans, on the other hand, they're coming off of C.J. Stroud's biggest game of his career, biggest game of any rookie quarterback ever really five touchdowns 490 whatever yards he was absolutely insane we can't say enough about how good he was uh the texans defense on the other hand played really bad last week uh they kept the bucks in that game they let the bucks almost win that game uh for the most part they cannot do that this week against the Bengals offense that is humming we said they might not have jamar chase uh but either way i think this offense has enough talent to uh outlast this texans defense overall Texans are one in three away from Houston so far this season as well. They play this game in Cincinnati. It'll be interesting to see if CJ Stroud plays really, really well in his first true big game of his career. They win this week and he's going to be, the Texans are going to be in a really, really good spot. I don't think they do, though. I slightly lean Bengals in this one.
0: Yeah. Like you said, Josh, we got to see how CJ Stroud responds to having an all otherworldly performance last week. If he continues this type of level of play, I mean, obviously, 470 yards, five touchdowns, and back-to-back weeks is next, like near to impossible, but he's definitely capable of doing it. Given how uh, high-powered the Bengals' offense is, even if they don't have Jamar due to that back injury like you guys both mentioned earlier, it'll be very interesting to see how that all plays out. I do think this will be a relatively high-scoring game, regardless of how well-coached we think the Texans are. I do like the firepower of the Bengals' offense with or without Jamar. I think Burrow will outper- will outperform C.J. Stroud this week, so I'm going Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, this is kind of the definition of a trap game, though. Uh, Bengals got Baltimore on Thursday night. We finally get a good Thursday night game next week, so that's something to watch for. But the way this Texans team plays, they're not going to surprise anyone, especially their offense. C.J. Stroud, he seems to be just running away with offensive rookie of the year. Puka Nakua hasn't really had much going recently. Uh, 470 yards. Record for a rookie quarterback, passing yards-wise. Highest quarterback rating by a rookie, 147.8. Just, you said it, Josh, you can't say anything. It's just otherworldly. But Joe Burrow and this Bengals team, they've looked great these last couple weeks. They've got out of their start of the season slump, which they seem to do every year. And every year people think they might not be that good, but they're looking scary now. Burrow has 10 touchdowns and 75% completion percentage in his last four games, which has only been done once before by a quarterback named Peyton Manning. Texans are going to have to put pressure on Burrow if they want to win this game. And they really have not been able to do that this year. They had the fourth lowest number of sacks in the NFL with 17 and six of those 17 all came against the Panthers. I think the Bengals win this one. It's in Cincinnati. There's no reason they shouldn't. The AFC North is just incredible this year and, Maybe Sean, the Texans make it closer than it should be late, but I got the Bengals. All right, moving on here then to Saints at Vikings. Um, Last week,
1: the Vikings won a game they definitely should not have, and I think they have an opportunity to do the same this week. A uh, couple of five and four teams here in the Saints and the Vikings, this game is being played in Minnesota. Uh, The Vikings, It's we didn't even really touch on the fact that they got a road win last week, uh, which was just huge for them. Um, Dobbs slid really, really well last week, having no practice reps. Uh, we don't know how much of it was due to this banged-up Atlanta defense. Uh, the loss of Grady Jarrett just cannot be said enough about how much it hurts this Atlanta team overall. And I think we definitely saw that uh, impacting with not as much of a pass rush against Dobbs after that uh, early strip sack they got. But overall, I think the Saints, on the other hand, they just need to finish drives. Uh, we Like we said, they let the Bears hang in there last week. Uh, even though they got five turnovers, didn't turn the ball over one time. Uh, I think they have to continue to do that, turn teams over and just finish drives on offense. I think they're capable of doing that. This Vikings defense is really, really underrated, though, and I think the defense can keep them in this game, and if Dobbs can strike lightning in the bottle again, I can definitely see the Vikings winning this game. Um, The Vikings were pretty dead in the water even before the Kirk Cousins injury, and they have just completely gotten themselves out. I have confidence that Dobbs can be good enough to win them some games, I don't think he's going to be able to win those games against decent teams, though. I'm going to take the Saints.
0: I mean, last week we saw the Bears, especially early in the game, we saw Tyson Bajan and the rest of the Bears' offense move the ball consistently. They didn't punt until, I think, the end of the second quarter or beginning of the third quarter, or at least uh, got a three and out, which was really impressive in my eyes. But like you said, Josh, the Minnesota Vikings' defense has been – playing surprisingly well i do think it's more schematic based rather than personnel based but outside of daniel hunter who's been a underrated defensive player of the year candidate as well but i'm going with the saints i think that they have a lot of talent on offense that will be able to uh beat the blitz heavy flores scheme and i think the saints defense is going to give uh Dobbs or whoever else is back there probably Dobbs. it's going to be they're going to have trouble um I just And they're probably not going to have Jefferson this week either. Even though he is able to come off of IR, it's unlikely that he will. So I have the Saints this week.
2: Uh, this is a tough game to pick. I think it's going to be very close. The Saints are first in the NFC South. They want to continue that. Derek Carr and his offense have been better recently. Uh, I really like the Taysom Hill package in the red zone. It opens up everything. He can run, he can pass. And the Saints defense has been pretty solid all season. But there's one thing that's not going for them. And that's the fact that they don't have Creed on their side. The Vikings are undefeated with Creed. Uh, we just saw the Rangers win the World Series with Creed. So that's something that is cannot be overlooked. Josh Dobbs, he looked phenomenal last week. And he didn't really know the offense. So I don't think he'll look as good as he did last week. But I think he will understand the offense and still play well. And I'm starting to believe that Kevin O'Connell is just a very good NFL head coach. We talked about the one-score games last year. But that could just be from good coaching. They're consistently able to find ways to win games they're able to be in games that not many people think they should be in i'm gonna go with the vikings to win this game i just think they find ways to win games like i just said their coaching staff i trust them more than the saints and dennis allen and if the game is in minnesota with the skull chance josh dobbs first game in minnesota so i'm gonna go with the vikings to win this one. uh
1: i hate i hate to make a cross sport uh comparison but He reminds me a lot of former Milwaukee Brewers manager, Craig Council. A couple (laughs) low-demeanor guys, they just go in there and they just win a shit ton of games, and they don't get a ton of credit for it. Um, Can't make that really comparison anymore because Kevin O'Connell isn't an absolute traitor. Uh, But (laughs) I I see the similarities there between those two in the same city. But moving on here, Packers at Steelers. Uh, Jordan Love and this young Packers offense. I just don't think they're ready uh, to play in Pittsburgh against a great Steelers defense. Uh, the only way that I could see Green Bay winning this game is if their defense plays perfect, which, like we said, uh, Jared Alexander has been saying it, they have to do that. I think they have to continue to do that this week, uh, coming off of a win finally. Uh, maybe we see a little more confidence from Jordan Love coming off of this win. You'd like to see that from them. We don't know what the status or Christian Watson is right now. Uh, we know that the Packers need to get their run game going early. They got Aaron Jones involved last week for the first time since week one against the Bears. Uh, I expect them to continue to do that because they got a win out of it. I think that Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, they are just desperately in need of some sort of breakthrough game. And you just got to expect week after week, you got to expect it to happen, especially when you feel the Bengals creeping up. You know, the Browns are getting Deshaun back. They're creeping up. You have to separate yourself, and if your offense isn't playing well, you're not going to be able to separate yourself. This would be a bad loss if the Steelers lost this game. I'm going to take the Steelers out.
0: I've got the Steelers as well. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. The Packers' offense, especially against good defenses, Jordan loves struggles, and we he can't really take a top off a of defense. Even Do we know if Minka's playing this week? I know he wasn't playing last week, but is he back it's, this week? He's
2: questionable There's a chance.
0: Well, even if he does play, I don't expect him to get targeted too much. Jordan Love cannot throw the ball deep to save his life. And even if there is a big hole missing in their defense by the absence of an all-pro level safety, I don't think he's going to be able to take advantage of it. Uh, I think Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's offense will do just enough. I think George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, they're going to cause fits for the Packers secondary, who has been inconsistent at times this year. Like you said, Josh, if the Packers do want to win this game, their defense is going to have to give Jordan Love and – the rest of that offense, really good field position. It's going to be a really scrappy game. The Packers need to get Aaron Jones involved early and often. It's resulted in two huge wins for him this year in the Bears and last week against the Rams. Unfortunately, I don't think that Pittsburgh will let that happen. So I'm going Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, the AFC North is 17-6 and against non-divisional opponents. Every single AFC North team is two games above 500. You really just can't pick it against the AFC North right now. The Steelers' defense has played well all season. They did lose linebacker Cole Holcomb to a pretty bad-looking knee injury. His season is sadly over. The Steelers are like uh, touched on it, Zach. Looking to get Mika Fitzpatrick back this week. Mike Tomlin said there's a chance, uh, and he also touched on the George Pickens social media antics. He said it's just a pebble in his shoe. I love that quote. Said it's just a cute story for the media. So there's really nothing more to it. George Pickens should be fine. And since Deontay Johnson's return, Deontay's really been the main receiver getting the ball. Uh, In the last two games, George Pickens has just three catches. So that's something to just monitor. Uh, Deontay Johnson's played very well all season since he's he's healthy. But the Packers, they finally were able to get the lead early, which is what they've been struggling to do. They've really been a second-half team all season, and they need to get the lead early if they want to give Jordan Love a chance to win. He needs a positive game script and rely on the run game to trust himself in his arm they have to keep getting the ball to aaron jones they were able to do that last week and it was able to win them games but this week they have to go go up against the steelers defense which has been great the game is in pittsburgh it's two teams that are better in the second half but i trust the steelers hopefully they don't need a game-winning drive again from kenny pickett to win this one game and can pull it out before that but i think the steelers win this game
1: yeah i mean uh, Mike Tomlin was kind of saying the same stuff uh, during, like, the whole AB drama and the whole Lev Bell drama. So, I mean, what I don't I don't know what people really want him to say or they want him to be like, yeah, he's wilding out. I'm going to take care of it. Like, <laughs> he's not going to say nothing like that. The, jo- the George Pickens saga will unfold, uh, whether we just don't hear about it again, which hopefully for the Steelers, that's what happens, or if they continue to just throw it to Deontay, and not get him as many targets, not as many catches, maybe we see him continue to be disgruntled. But he's so talented, nonetheless, he'll end up in a good spot. But moving on here, Titans at Buccaneers. The Titans are 0-4 so far on the road this season. They have been a really, really bad road team. Uh, One of those games was in London, but regardless, 0-4 on the road. Uh, The Bucs, on the other hand, are coming off of a shootout against the Texans last week. Their offense got to play against a pretty lackluster defense uh, last week, even though the Texans' defense has been great. uh, They had an off day, and the Bucs took advantage, though. Uh, The Titans' defense is ranked 19th against the run. Uh, The Bucs have been trying to get Rashad White in more involved in both the pass game and the run game, and they have been doing that pretty effectively. If they can get him going early, I think they'll be in a good spot to win this game. Uh, at home, especially if they can just get the ball, run it early, and then open that up for play action Baker and be able to get your weapons in open space. Um, for the Titans, I love what Will Levis is doing. I think he has another opportunity for a big game this week. His O line just has to block for him and give him time. But once you play the Steelers, it's like warming up with a donut on your bat. You're not going to face outside of the Browns many other defenses that are going to give you as much trouble as the Steelers will. Tampa Bay, on the other hand, has lost four straight games. They are pretty much slumping after that 3-1 and start. And this is a really, really tough game for me to pick. But I'm going to gamble and take Will Levis and the Titans.
0: That's definitely a bold pick. Uh, I was tempted to do that as well. Unfortunately, I am going to go with Tampa Bay. I think Will Levis, not that his first game is going to be an outlier on his entire career, but I don't think we're going to see many – 250-plus yard, four touchdown games from him this year. He's a rookie. We can't expect too much from him. It's going to be – it's a tough road for a rookie, especially at the quarterback position. He's facing a okay defense, especially with Vita Vea in the middle, who can create a lot of dis- disruption in the run and pass game. I don't think he's going to be able to overcome just the situation around him. Uh, unfortunately, I am taking Tampa Bay. Uh, Baker's just going to do a little bit more than Levis, in my opinion. So this is it. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna watch this game. I don't really have much interest in it. It's gonna be a little boring. I, I'd much rather watch uh, Houston, Cincinnati, or San Francisco and Jacksonville. There's a lot better games on the on the slate at this uh, time. So you won't hear from hear much from me uh, on Sunday regarding this game. I can tell you that much.
2: Yeah, Josh, you touched on it. Depends on the Pens have been bad on the road. They did finally today name Will Levis the full-time starter, so he should start the rest of the season, thank goodness. They did list Ryan Tannehill as the backup from now on, which was interesting to me. I thought they'd give it to Malik Willis considering... Ray will put his pride aside. Yeah. I I thought they'd put Willis at backup to kind of have the running attack. I don't know if they'll play all three of them every game or not, but Will Levis, he's looked very positive in his first two starts. He's flashed the arm. He's flashed the legs. He's looked very impressive. And under Vrabel, the defense will always play better than maybe the roster shows. But this Buccaneers team, they're coming off of a four-game losing streak. But last week, the offense really found their rhythm. They looked great against the Texans. And surprisingly, it was the defense that cost them the game. the red zone defense, which had been very good, really just didn't show up against the Texans. I think that that red zone defense will come back. And the Titans' offensive struggles maybe continue with Will Levis. Um this is a very close game. This one was tough for me to pick as well, but I am going to go with the Buccaneers. Uh, I think that their defense in the red zone might be the big deciding factor in this game, and uh, I just their offense played great last week, so I think they're going to get a win. They're kind of due, so I got the Bucs.
1: I'm gonna need this one, Will. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need this one. <laughs> Uh, moving on here. You mentioned Zach Niners at Jags. This will be one of the games of the week One I'm really looking forward to couple teams, couple of good teams coming off of buys uh, coming off of a buy though. Kyle Shanahan is two and four uh, in his tenure with the 49ers. So Unlike most really, really good coaches, and he is a really, really good coach, he has not been great coming off of the bye in his career so far. The Niners desperately, desperately need a bounce-back game, losing three in a row, something they haven't done much. I didn't uh, get a chance to look to see when the last time they lost four in a row was, but I can't imagine it was anywhere. And I know the last time it was three was like 2021 or something. So I'd imagine it's 2020, 2019, something like that, when they weren't as good. But they haven't lost four games in a row in a long time. This Jags defense, though, has been playing super well. Purdy has been struggling against teams with good defenses. I mean, he's been struggling against teams with not good defenses as well. And this Jags defense is buzzing. They got a week to rest up. I'm pretty back and forth on this one, but I think this is another situation where it's two good teams and I would take the home team. I'm going to take the Jags, taking the Jags at home.
0: Whew, that's definitely a solid pick.
1: AFC South, but, stand up, baby.
0: I completely agree with you. This is one of those where you can flip a coin and the home team could definitely have a little bit of an advantage. But both teams coming off a bye, like you said, Josh, the Jags defense has been playing really well. But when you're playing really hot, one of the last things you really want is an off day or a week off or something like that because then you kind of fall out of routine because you don't have a game that week. So maybe that is a slight impact on the game. But San Francisco, they're coming off a bye. We talked about it. They needed that bye for two major reasons. They needed to get healthy, and then they needed to just mentally reset. They dropped three in a row prior to their bye. Purdy was not looking great in every single one of those games. They were missing Debo for a good majority of it. Same with Trent Williams. Uh, I think Kittle was still a little banged up after a couple plays within the last couple weeks. But they needed that buy. I think they just – they're going to flip the switch. Christian McCaffrey is going to dominate early and often. Purdy's going to play really well off of play action, finding Debo if he plays. Ayuk, Kittle, I think Purdy's going to just show us why the Niners were in the NFC championship game last year and why it was such a big deal that when he got hurt, they had no chance of winning. I'm kind of jumping on the the bandwagon of Purdy. I, I'm, I'm thinking very highly of him. It's kind of weird because he has been playing bad lately, but I've seen what he's capable of and I don't know if that concussion had anything to do with it, but I think San Francisco pulls this one out and a tough one on the road.
2: Yeah, I think that concussion had a, a big thing to do with it. It's, this is a massive game for each team. It's a prime, It should be a primetime game. It should have been flexed into that Sunday night football slot. Both teams are coming off the bike, like you guys said. But this was really a bye week that the 49ers needed and the Jaguars really could have held off from. And I feel like that's really big. Jags were at a five-game winning streak going. 49ers had a three-game losing streak going. And we're dealing with multiple injuries. This week, they should get back. Purdy, Trent Williams, Debo, and CMC, all 100%. All those guys were dealing with injuries. And when this 49ers team is healthy, they've really been unbeatable. So they also were able to add, and it'll be the debut of Chase Young. So another just weapon on that D-line that gets added there. Jags are giving up 263.5 passing yards per game, which is currently 30th in the NFL. So this is a chance for that 49ers passing offense to get back in rhythm. Ayuk had been struggling recently, so chance to get that going. The Jags offense and Trevor Lawrence, ETN, they're going to have to make plays. Calvin Ridley is going to have to find a way to make some plays, but I just think this 49ers team is going to be hungry. They've lost three in a row. They've went four weeks now without a win. They're going to want to win this. The Jags have not beaten the 49ers in 18 years. I think that'll continue. I got the 49ers.
1: All right. Moving on here then. Browns at Ravens. Another game that definitely could have and should have been flexed. Um huge game for the AFC North here. As we know, we've been raving about the AFC North. And I want to give us some credit. We were saying like week 3, we were I remember us being like, "Oh, what how what path could this uh could get all the uh AFC North teams in?" And do you guys remember what we said? What was that? No. If the Bills <laughs> collapse. Oh, yeah. right. And that's happening. And now all of a sudden all the AFC North teams are in the playoffs. And are we the
0: smartest minds in football media right now? I know I we gotta so. go
1: find whatever episode that's in and, and clip that. But um, but yeah, we'll move on. Uh Ravens are just the hottest team in football, I would say, right now. A lot of people I've seen putting them at the top of the league right now, and they have, I mean, they just got it on both ends. They've done, they just do what they need to do to win games. Sometimes they have Lamar Jackson sitting in the pocket and just chucking it like he did against the Lions. Sometimes they have him just doing what he needs to do like they did last week, and they dominated both of those games. Uh, This game, I think, is just fully on Deshaun Watson. If we see a good Deshaun Watson game, and he goes and plays well against this Ravens defense that has been playing well but has also had times where they haven't looked great, if he can have a good game, this bronze defense is going to show up I think they're going to limit this Ravens offense to some extent, no matter what. And it's just going to come down to who wins the battle between Deshaun Watson and this Ravens defense. If this game was in Cleveland, I think I would maybe think about taking the Browns, but at home, the Ravens have been really, really good at home this season. I'm going to take
0: Baltimore. I've also got Baltimore and it really comes down to one main thing for me. I value these teams, uh, personnel and production on defense, roughly the same. They've both been phenomenal. They each have a really, really good player within their front seven for the Browns. It's miles Garrett for the Ravens. It's Roquan Smith. They have different responsibilities, obviously, but they both are very impactful for the defense. Now on the offensive side, Cleveland, we haven't seen a lot of Deshaun Watson this year. And when we have seen him, he's looked a little bit like he's used himself at times, but then other times he looks really bad throwing passes completely behind him, just losing 15, 30 yards on any given play just because he doesn't know what he's doing. But on the Ravens side, we've been seeing MVP Lamar Jackson, and I'm very impressed by what by what I've seen. They've got Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham Jr. last week even found the end zone for the first time this year, and Zay Flowers, he's been in and out of the offense, is like a very, very important part of the, of the just scheme, taking tops off of defense and able to just create underneath as well. I like Baltimore's offense a little bit more than the inconsistency of Cleveland, so I'm going Baltimore. I'm
2: going Baltimore as well. Um, just a quick trivia thing for you guys. Last year, um, what was the Chiefs' worst loss last season? What team was it to?
0: Was it the Colts? Or was that the year it was before? Oh yeah, the Colts. right,
2: right, 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 right. Yeah, it was the Colts this Ravens team? They've lost to the Colts, and since they've really come out a different team. I
1: forgot um, they lost the Ravens. Lost to the Colts this year. I forgot about
2: that. Game. Yeah, the Ravens won this first matchup twenty-eight to three. Dorian Thompson-Robinson was the starting quarterback for the Browns. They get Deshaun for this game, so it will be different than that game. The Browns' defense has been the best defense in all of football with 234.8 yards per game, which is first in the NFL. But the Ravens' defense has given up the fewest points in the NFL. So this is really a game of two teams that have just been incredible defensively. And so the way I view it, it's a team that has a better offense, should find a way to win this game. And for me, that's easily the Ravens at this point. Lamar Jackson leads the NFL in completion percentage with 71.5. And surprisingly, Josh and I have talked about it, that he really hasn't ran the ball that much this year. He is still the first quarterback in terms of QB rushing yards. So he's still finding a way to get the rushing yards. This game's going to come down to QB play, and hes I'll take him over to Sean every day of the week. And just one more thing. You guys should know this at this point, but you guys know the Lamar tweet uh what a what a buddy pregnant no johnny uh, i'm not following he he tweeted the word johnny in terms of a, another tweet and since he has tweeted johnny he is four and oh with a 73 completion percentage 1100 yards six total touchdowns 110 passer rating and the ravens are averaging almost 33 points per game so lamarson's tweeting johnny is just a different quarterback and i got the ravens winning this one
0: Oh, I, okay. I see what you're talking. I knew Johnny like clicked a little bit, but yeah, it was the IQ test one. It was, uh, that's not yeah. going to show up, but it's the, <laughs> the 98% of people fail. Johnny's father has five sons. Just lists four names. And what's the name of the fifth son? Lamar just coming in with the highest IQ answer I've ever seen in my life. Johnny, like you yeah. said, four and oh that's Lamar's insane. had some tweets. He is uh
1: underrated, um, tweeter shout out a lot of buddy pregnant but yeah he's a funny guy (laughs) he is a funny guy uh moving on here though that wraps us up for the 1 p.m slate moving on to the four o'clock slate lions at chargers the lions should be getting david montgomery frank ragno and jonah jackson back this week so that's just huge for the run game get your first down running back and uh two of your interior offensive linemen back which is huge lions desperately needed this bye week to get healthy and they did just that Uh, assuming there's no setbacks throughout the week here. Uh, Justin Herbert, just from what I've seen, I feel like I've watched a lot of Chargers games halfway as a hater, halfway as just like uh, loving football. But um, he looks pretty flustered when he's under pressure. Uh, And it's mainly when you can actually get to him, not just almost getting a sack, none of that shit that the Lions have been plagued with this season. That has really been the biggest problem. A lot of this line's D-line has been great at getting to the quarterback, but finishing plays and getting sacks has been a problem. That was the number one issue against the Ravens. I harped on it that entire uh, week after that. You have to get to the quarterback and finish plays. At the end of the day, as great as pressures are, and it is a huge stat and one that I take into consideration when I'm Talking about the best defensive lines in the league, you have to finish plays and get to the quarterback because you have quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, like Jalen Hurts, like Justin Herbert, who are going to be able to get pressure and get out of there and still make a throw. And if you don't get the second in the play, you're going to be dealing with some problems there. The Lions have to have to get to Herbert this week. Uh, the Lions tackles are healthy we still have Decker we still have uh Panay obviously in there uh Panay has been one of not only just one of the best tackles this season one of the best alignment in all of football it's going to be time to pay him soon and he is going to make a shit ton of money very very soon they both need to play well. As we've seen, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack have taken over games. They took over a game against the Raiders. They took over the game last night against the Jets. The Lions cannot let that happen. That is a scenario where the Lions lose this game, is if uh, Panay and Decker get beat. I don't see that happening, though. I still have confidence in this Lions O-line healthy being one of the best O-lines in the league. It's going to be interesting to see what we get from the Dave Montgomery-Gibbs split, because we've seen Gibbs has been one of the best Uh, Running backs, one of the best rookies in the league over the past couple weeks. He's been a dynamic weapon. We've seen him lining up in the slot, in the backfield, running up the middle, running outside. He's just been fantastic recently. It's going to be interesting to see what we get out of that. I just think the Lions overall are a more complete team with a lot less question marks overall. I think the Chargers, how they finish games, uh, how they – Tend to Charger, as we say. I think the Lions are the exact opposite of that. I think the Lions are a very well-disciplined team, a very well-coached team, and I think they're going to take advantage of all the question marks on the Chargers here. I think they're more physical, and they should be able to push the Chargers around. I like the Lions getting a win on the road, moving to 7-2, and and getting a game away from the Eagles.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot to like about both teams, mainly with the Chargers. It's, they got the star power. They got a lot of guys up top who, like you said, Josh, can take over games, can wreck games, can just change an offense or a defense on either side of the ball. But the Lions, they're just better top to bottom. I love their depth on the defensive line, like you mentioned multiple times. They've got a crazy good uh, pass rush rotation led by Aiden Hutchinson, who we didn't hear from last week, obviously, because of the bye. But prior to, he's getting, he's racking up a ton of pressures. He's getting into the backfield. He's just been phenomenal. The Lions offense, they're healthy now. Gibbs and Monty, I'm really excited to see those two, see how uh, Ben Johnson, future Chicago Bears head coach, will uh, use them in tandem with each other. I'd like to see a lot more 21 personnel out of them, get both of them on the field and see if you can get some crazy stuff going on. Maybe line up Gibbs in the slot or just both of them in the backfield. Maybe Monty at fullback, I'm like, a goal line situation or something like that. Something cute. But I got the lines in this one. I think they're a lot better. The Chargers, they need to win this game. They started out so poorly to start the season. They, almost every game's a must win, but they won a couple of primetime games in a row. They're going to have to win this late four o'clock slate game in order to just stay alive in the AFC, especially with an entire division occupying four playoff spots. They have to win, get above 500, create some space between them and other teams who are hovering around that 8-9-10 seed if they're, if they're around that spot. Maybe move past the Bills if the Bills can't get it done this week. We'll get to them later, but I got Detroit.
2: Yeah, the Lions offense gets a week to get healthy, get prepared. Ben Johnson gets a week to prepare his offense for a Chargers team that they have played better recently, but they've had their struggles all year. Jared Goff's been playing great football, averages 271 passing yards per game. He's going against a defense that allows a lot of passing yards per game, which is the biggest mismatch to me. The Chargers have been playing better recently. They've won their last two games, but their offense still hasn't really clicked. They really struggled against the Jets. Herbert hasn't performed like the MVP candidate that we were kind of hoping to see. He still hasn't had that clutch gene that a lot of top-tier quarterbacks have and hasn't really found ways to win big games. And this is another big game. The Chargers have to win this game to stay at pace with the Browns and the entire AFC North, their D-line has to show up. Like you said, Josh, that's my big thing. If the Chargers want to win the game, Phil Mack, Joey Bosa, and Thule all have to find a way to get pressure and force golf to throw the ball quickly, force him into a turnover or a mistake. And I really don't see that happening. This Lions-O line is very good. So this game's in L.A. We say it every time an L.A. game really happens. This is probably going to be a 50-50 game, and that's being generous with the fans. So I got the Lions winning this one in, in Los Angeles.
1: All right, moving on here to Falcons at Cardinals. Uh, Short and sweet for me here. If the Falcons lose this game, it may be over, Uh, just for my belief. I'm holding on to the Falcons. I think they're a really good team. Like I said, I think this Grady Jarrett injury just hurts them so desperately. Um, But they're playing a Cardinals team that's going to get Kyler back. But overall, just not a very talented team, as we know. I don't expect Kyler to go out there off a torn ACL and look like prime Kyler and carry this team to a victory against a better team, whether at home or not. Um, I just think they're too low on talent overall. I think the Falcons definitely – I mean, the best medicine when you just lost a game you shouldn't have lost is getting to play the Cardinals. You don't overlook uh, a game like this when you just had a game that you might have overlooked and lost. So, overall, Arthur Smith, no mustache, win the game. Win the damn game.
0: This is going to be a good game. It really will be. Uh, I don't know if it's just me having the, the lead dog spot in our – Trio of picks, but I'm going Arizona Take one. Do it. Do it. Come I, on. I'm going Arizona. I think Kyler's gonna come back and he's gonna be good enough. We're gonna see him at like 85, maybe 90% of his true form. I think he might get into the end zone on the ground, just with a little Yoda celebration. That'll be pretty nice. But I don't trust Atlanta. I really don't. They've got some solid pieces, but like you said, Josh, they're missing Grady Jarrett, arguably their best defensive piece. Uh and I think Arizona's gonna get James Conner back this week. And he's He's been out for a little while. He was on IR. So combination of Kyler and uh, James Conner, I think that'll be enough to propel Arizona. I I don't know why, but I, I'm really looking forward to this one.
2: I'm looking forward to it as well, and I'm with you. I think this game could – I think the Cardinals could easily win this game. Um, I the, My big thing is I just don't know what to expect. Kyler Murray's debut, the game's in Arizona. I could see Kyler Murray just going off and reminding everyone how good of a quarterback he is. The Cardinals are a good first half team. Their defense plays well in the first half. And then in the second half, they seem to struggle. Can Kyler change that? I don't know. And with the Falcons every week, I I expect their offense to look great. They have so many weapons. And they continue to go to guys like John Smith and uh, just go away. And Tyler Algier, who's, who's solid. But you have Bijan Robinson. You just used a number eight overall pick on. Kyle Pitts. They are six and zero all time when Kyle Pitts gets more than eighty yards. You should be trying to get the ball to your best players, not using your best players as decoys. Using your best players as decoys is what you do if it's your last hope. You have to use the guys who are your best players. When you get the ball to your weapons, you'll find a way to win football games. And Arthur Smith just seems to want to be fancy and tell everybody how much smarter he is than them. He shaved his mustache. Maybe he's a different man. Maybe like the mask is off. I don't know, but. This is just a tough game. The Falcons red zone offense has been bad. I really, really, really want to pick the Cardinals just because I feel like Kyler Murray is going to have a game where he goes off and finds of everyone. But I'm going to pick the Falcons. It's just too much of a question mark, but it would not shock me at all if the Cardinals win this game. But I
0: got to Falcons.
1: May, may may I remind you that this game is being played on November twelfth, twenty twenty three, exactly two days <laughs> after the release of Modern Warfare 3 Remastered. Oh, okay. Thank you on for reminding Friday, me. Friday, November 10th, 2023. He's already been playing it though. He's already been playing. Yeah, probably. probably has codes. But he knows the lobby's gonna be
2: bussing the couple a couple That's days true. before. So he seems to love football now. He's he's had a lot of posts talking about how much he loves football. So maybe he's a change man.
1: Yeah, maybe he is a changed man. And I actually really like Kyler. I'm just joking about the whole Cod thing, obviously. But uh, we can move on then. Next game here. Giants at Cowboys. Uh, Giants lose Daniel Jones for the season officially with a torn ACL, so they will be rocking with DeVito. Uh, I just think the Cowboys are just going to continue to roll. They almost beat Philadelphia last week. That was as close as you can get to a win if you're them. Uh, almost going in and beating the Eagles at In Philly, in a game where you were a couple plays away from 100% winning that game. I think the Cowboys overall, they cannot lose to any of the bad teams they play uh, from here on out. You lose any of those games, you're going to lose ground on Philly. It's most likely not going to lose any of those games. I just don't see any scenario where the Giants win this game at all. Um, This is a 16 and a half point game, which is just a number that you don't see very often in the NFL. You rarely see over two touchdowns, and it's almost two touchdowns and a field goal. I'm going to take the Cowboys and a pretty easy win.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to say about this one. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth, Josh. 16.5 uh, point spread. I'm. It's hard to say I'm not surprised that it's not more, considering how week one went when these two faced off. But in Jerry world, it's Dallas is a way better team. New York is just unimpressive. Maybe Saquon gets like, I don't know, a touchdown, and that'll bring the lead from uh, thirty-five to twenty-eight. It's not. It's not going to be a. It's not going to be a fun game to watch unless you're a Cowboys fan. But yeah, Dallas is going to wipe the floor with them. I got Dallas.
2: Dallas is going to wipe the floor with them. Cowboys need to win this game to kind of keep at pace with the Eagles in the division. They still want to win that. They've outscored opponents 111-33 to 33 in their three home games this season. They've won 11 consecutive home games. They should easily make that 12. I don't think Tyra Taylor is ready at all. It's going to be between DeVito. I think they have Matt Barkley, too, now. So this Giants team has really nothing going for them. Their defense is all right, but their offense is horrendous. They sh- will probably try to run the ball in almost every play they can. And I believe say, Saquon Barkley should just sit out of the game. He should not play. You can call it quitting on his team. I don't care, but they didn't want to pay him the money that he deserves, and um, now they have to pay a quarterback that is not great and they might be looking to replace already. So I got Dallas winning this one very easily. Um, not really much to say. They should stomp the floor with this Giants team.
1: All right, moving on here to commanders at Seahawks. The, com- or the uh, Seahawks, head over back home to Seattle after getting clobbered last week by Baltimore. The Commanders, as we know, are a very bipolar team. Some some weeks they look great, and Sam Howell looks like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Some weeks they look horrible and helpless. So it's really hard to know what Commanders team you're going to get out uh, this week. They won against a – Bad team on the road last week. They play a good team on the road this week. I think if the Commanders can control the ball and win this turnover battle, they have enough talent and are scrappy enough to somehow be in this game and win it late. Uh, We've seen that they can perform like that. Uh, The Seahawks just absolutely cannot afford to fall to 5-4 and when the Niners are struggling. This is the point in the season where they need to pull away and give themselves a chance to win this division. Uh, I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to win this week against the Commanders and move to six and three, I think. Six
0: and three. Yeah, I got Seattle as well. Uh, I think they're just better team. Washington's going to be missing their star edge rushers for the second week in a row. Uh, I don't think it's going to get any easier for them as the season goes on. Like you said, Josh, the inconsistencies of Sam Howell and the entire Washington offense is always just a question mark. Seattle's lost two tough games in a row, one of which was really close against Cleveland, and last week it was against Baltimore. Got absolutely embarrassed. I think they're going to come out with a fire in their gut. They're gonna they're gonna lay it on Washington early and often. I got Seattle.
2: Yeah, the Commanders no longer have star rushers, but Seattle's looking to extend their three-game home winning streak. Their run game has been. Pretty good all year. These last two games, it has been almost non-existent. They haven't been able to find it. They're going up against a team that's middle in the pack and run defense, giving up about 116 rushing yards per game. Gino just has to limit the turnovers. They need to start getting the ball to DK Metcalf, who's had a very quiet season so far this year, only 454 yards and two touchdowns through, I think, eight games. They need to start getting him more involved. They've been getting JSN more involved, which is great to see, but they got to find... They got to get to their weapons there. They got to get Kenneth Walker going early. They need to get the run game going early. And the commanders are coming off of a surprising win against New England. In New England, Sam Howell was very impressive. 325 yards, a touchdown, a pick. He continues to throw the ball well. He'll turn it over, yeah, but he can also flash the arm. Jahan Dawson's continued to get the ball more recently. He's making some big plays. Sam Howell has been sacked 44 times through nine games, which has been a big thing that we've talked about. But in the last two games, they've only given up four sacks since that. They've moved Tyler Larson to center, which has seemingly helped their offensive line. I am going to go with the Seahawks. It's a home game at Lumen Stadium, Lumen Field. Uh, I think they'll come out pissed off after that embarrassing performance against the Ravens and just ready to win.
1: All right, moving on to Sunday Night Football, Jets at Raiders. Uh as bad as a lot of these teams are in these primetime games a lot of them are good matchups so at least we don't have I mean I'd rather have two bad teams and a really good team and a bad team if we're talking primetime games. So we got a couple mid to bad level teams here in the Jets and the Raiders another primetime game in Las Vegas. Uh the Jets defense uh could definitely go have a Charger-esque performance against the Raiders when they had seven sacks against AOC and they completely took him out of the game. I can see the Jets' defense doing that. They're very talented. They played really well last week, like I said. AOC is just going to have to get the ball out quick. He's going to be under pressure. You're playing a defense that just doesn't give anything up. The only time this defense really gives up points is when their offense puts them in a terrible spot. The Raiders' defense has been playing well as as of late, though. We don't know if we're going to see Marcus Peters. I assume we're probably not going to see him. Um, I think you gotta see a bounce back game from the Jets offense here. Uh like we said, turnovers just killed him uh last night and Zach Wilson did end up having another okay game. I you know I originally picked the Raiders on here, but now I'm starting to sell myself on the Jets. Um I'm gonna go
0: We can come back to you.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me.
0: Uh, that's that's put me in a rough spot. I got the first pick now. but Oh, really? Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I see this game as Vegas. They're coming off a nice win against the Giants, but it's the Giants. They, they're nothing special. And the Jets, they're coming off of an embarrassing loss at home against the Chargers. Uh, I think Vegas, they're going to come out flat. They're going to be thinking a little too highly of themselves. I have the Jets in this one, but I do think that Max Crosby will be absolutely incredible in this game. We saw it last week with the Chargers. They got, to, uh, what's his name? they got to Wilson eight times, I think you said, Josh. And Max Crosby, I think he just clears anybody else on that defense, especially pass rushing-wise. I think he goes and he gets two, three, maybe four sacks. I think he had three last week, so that's honestly not too crazy for him. He's been on a phenomenal tear this entire season. I think he continues that. Unfortunately, I don't think that Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and AOC will be able to move the ball too much against the Jets. So I'm going New York with this one.
2: Yeah, I don't think the Raiders are going to come off flat at all. Antonio Pierce really has this team with the new sense of momentum. Um, They played great last week. They have energy for the first time really all year. They had a sense of confidence around them. They were playing the Giants, yeah. But I was really impressed with what I saw from them. It's time to see if the first interim coach of the season can really pan off. The big story will be if the Raiders offense can do enough to outscore this Jets team. Uh, Both defenses are very, very good. Well, not both defense, but the Jets defense is very good against the pass. They um, have struggled against the run, though. They're giving up 137.2 yards per game to the run, which is third worst in the NFL. But the second worst in the NFL is the Raiders, who are giving up 138.7 yards per game rushing. So whichever rush defense performs better, I feel like is going to win. Both teams are going to want to run the ball to try to limit the turnovers. AOC's the rookie, Zach Wilson, he's just had turnover problems in his career. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be the big big factor. I think he's the best running back in this game. This Jets defense has been good all year. I feel like they'll find a way to get a turnover or two, but the Raiders just have like a sense around them that they're a, a different team. I, I this is a tough game. I'm with Josh on I I go back and forth with it. I'm going to go with the Jets just because of AOC at quarterback. I'm a, I'm a fan of him. I hope he really pans out, but. It's just a really tough to go against this Jets defense, which you will not have much open at all. It's going to be all on Brees Hall if he can really make plays, or Josh Jacobs if if Josh Jacobs can make plays. But I got the Jets winning in a a tough one. So as
1: I was trying to just sit here and go back and forth (laughs) and think about play styles and whatnot uh, as I go through these picks, I just now remembered the video of the Raiders locker room after that regular season win last week. I think they might be a little bit too high on their high horse. I'm going to go with I'm the Jets. <laughs> even though I have an opportunity to try to steal one, I don't. I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to go with the Jets. I do understand, though, going last you, and, and second, you definitely have a strategic
2: option you can go with.
0: Oh, I have mine picked out before I even go. I don't change mine.
2: I usually have mine picked out, sometimes mm-hmm. out hear things out a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah <that>
1: opportunity. <laughs> maybe maybe next season we
0: turn the a tables builder. a little bit i'll go first right. next season i'm okay with that i don't have to
1: second guess myself though we should just do every week switch it up but honestly at this point we've done the same we do it every week. Week. game there's no reason <laughs> game.
2: Game.
1: that's honestly not a horrible idea but we'll move on here uh <laughs> You want to go first here, Zach? last one? Or... <laughs> no,
0: I, I went first for Thursday night. This is all I, my I'll go first this time.
2: I'll go all first. Right, first debut, I'll or... go first whatever. Okay, I mean it's not a hard game to pick. We got <laughs> yeah. for night
0: football. <laughs>
2: well, I got the Bills winning this game. It's a must-win game for the Bills. Um, they have a tough schedule coming up. We've talked about it. Games in Buffalo. The Bills Mafia is going to be all over the place. Broncos have been better recently. They're coming off of a bye. Russell Wilson's been solid this year, 16 touchdowns, only four interceptions. But the Broncos' defense has been pretty bad. So Tain hasn't been as great as we kind of expected him to. I think this Bills offense will have a big day. They have to try to find a way to run the football. This has to be a get-right game for them. They've had a couple chances at a get-right game, and they've blown them. This really is the moment. They have to win this game. I got the Bills winning this one.
0: All right, I'll I'll go next just so, Josh, you can have another – I was going to let you go last <laughs> a little, on this little one, bit of you going. can have it. Nah, it's all right. I'll, I'll do you this solid. Yeah, uh, I'm, I got to- I'm, t-
1: I'm totally going to use this advantage
0: in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I got Buffalo on this one. Uh, I think they're the better team. Buffalo lost a close one last week that wasn't all too close in actuality through the first three quarters. They couldn't move the ball too well against Cincinnati. And Denver, like you mentioned, Mike, their defense just not that great in Buffalo. They're kind of phenomenal on offense, especially led by Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. If they can find a running game early – uh, with James Cook and maybe a little bit of Latavius Murray, I think they can uh, find some deep passes to Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs over play action. Josh Allen probably finds the end zone on the ground. So uh, it's not one of my bets for this week, but I would take Josh Allen anytime touchdown if I were you guys. But, yeah, I got Buffalo. It's not particularly close for me.
1: You know, this Broncos defense has been playing well the past <laughs> year. Now the Broncos are coming off a right big – Yeah, they, they did, but the, we know what the Chiefs' offensive struggles have been so far. Um, or I guess last game last week. Yeah. They shut them out. Last, they shut their opponent out last week, but,
0: <laughs> but they also uh, didn't score.
1: <laughs> yeah. They also did not score. Um, you know, the Broncos have actually been outscored in every single game this season. <laughs> <Shout out LeBron. laughs> but, um, <laughs> the bills, this is a must win game. Like we said, they're out of the playoffs right now. Any game they lose against a bad team is going to be actually detrimental to their season and great for the AFC North. Um, the Bills have been really good at home this season. Even though the Broncos' defense has shown up and they've won games, they're gonna need to show up to win this one. I don't think they do. I'm taking I'm taking the Buffalo Bills, and that will about uh, do it for all of our picks uh, this week. Moving on to finish the episode as we do with some betting picks here. So everybody, <laughs> pull up those sports books. Uh, I can start us off. That I was peeking a little bit as we were going here. Um, I'm gonna do what I do every single week. Uh, or not every single week but a lot of the weeks when I like the line I'm taking the Lions minus two and a half in LA I think they're just going to win the game and in the event they do it's a it's a it would be difficult to see them win by one or two points so I'm going to take the Lions minus two and a half I like that a lot and then the game we just discussed this is a situation where everybody's starting to get higher on the Broncos everyone's as low as they've been on the Buffalo Bills in the past four years, honestly, in Josh Allen's tenure. This seems like the lowest the media has been on them. To be able to get the Bills at minus 7.5 at home in primetime against the one of the worst teams in football, I think you have to take that opportunity. The Bills need a bounce-back game. We've seen at times this season where they played really, really bad teams. We've seen them go out and win by 30, and we've seen them go out and lose outright. I think this is a game where they're going to win by 10 to 14-ish points against the Broncos at home. So getting them at 7.5 is a no-brainer. Uh, I love the Bills at 7.5. So Lions minus
0: 2.5 on the road and Bills minus 7.5 at home. Kind of took my first pick from me. I had Bills minus 7.5. but It's a good line. We'll, a good it line. really is. It's a phenomenal line if you're looking for a, what feels like a lock. It's good value. But uh, Instead of that, I guess I'll double down on my Josh Allen anytime touchdown. Uh But on top of that, I'm going to go Arizona plus one and a half. I picked them to win this week, and I think giving them a point and a half is—I think that's generous, especially considering I think they're going to win. So give me a little bit of leeway. So I got Arizona plus one and a half, and then Josh Allen anytime touchdown plus one
1: and a half. Damn, (laughs) Vegas hates the Falcons. They've been (laughs) hating the Falcons all year, though. That doesn't—that actually yeah, a little bit.
2: Yeah. uh, For my first one, I'm going to go Vikings money line. They're um. They're playing the Saints. They're underdogs. They're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm going to take them straight up money line, plus 115. I think Josh Dobbs finds a way to get it done. And for my other one, we talked about this spread. You don't see a spread this big every day. Oh, no, yeah. And a half points. Oh. I'm just <laughs> going to ride with the 16-and-a-half points with the Cowboys. <sighs> the Giants are oh. terrible.
1: That's I'm a bold pick. Cowboys. I like yeah, it, though.
2: Cowboys minus 16-and-a-half. Sometimes you got you to gotta be – uh. You gotta go outside the box to get a victory. I lost two again last week. So I do better when I go outside the box.
1: That public money is gonna be all over the Giants. Yeah, a lot. I mean, you see the 16 and a half points, and as a better, it's hard not to be like this. You're never gonna get 16 and a half points. Let's do it. But at the same time, it's strategically 16 and a half and not 17 and a half, which Vegas, I don't think, would let this game get to 17 and a half uh even if a lot of money goes on the Cowboys, which it's not going to. But yeah. have we
0: seen one get up to twenty at any point? Not, not I mean not, I, not this year. I,
1: I have yeah. been actively gambling for three years. I don't think I've seen it. I think the most I've seen is like fifteen. So I know there was like a Rams like Jets game or some shit a few years ago that was like high. There was the game I think it was the game that the Jets won and screwed out of getting Trevor Lawrence. I think that game it was, was like like that 15. might have been but right. I don't know if I've seen
0: 20. 20's
2: rare, very rare. But Vegas hates the Giants here, so. sixty and a half. half, just sometimes you got to go backwards to go forwards.
0: Yeah. It, it makes sense. I don't blame you for picking that.
2: Yeah, I like
1: it as well, honestly. I'd, I'll probably end up staying away from that game overall just because it feels like whatever side you bet, it's going to be an annoying aspect. But
2: I don't know how the Giants are going to score in this game, and I can see the Cowboys kind of scoring.
0: The Cowboys More defense might points. outscore the Giants offense this game. So,
2: yeah, yeah honestly, even the over under, like
1: 38 and yeah, a half. This could easily be like 35-6. Yeah. And Cowboys we,
0: could just get 40 on their own like they did last yeah, time. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think that was that was the problem with the last game is they the over under was probably like 45. Cowboys get 40 by themselves and the Giants can't get one measly point but that will about do it for this episode. Number 23, the Jordan episode of the Engage Eight podcast. Um, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe. In the description, like I talked about in the last episode, we have a Spotify. We have Amazon Music as well. So be sure to click those links, follow us, give us five-star ratings. Our Twitters are also in the description. So follow us on there. And until next time, we'll see everybody in the next one.